0: Hello everybody, this is Jake McGrail of CITR Sports Broadcasting from UBC's Point Grey campus, located on the unceded grounds of the Musqueam people. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9, always keeping you up to date with the latest UBC Thunderbirds news and stories. This week, we're taking a look at one of the most popular events on the UBC campus and the biggest annual intramural event in North America, and that is Storm the Wall open to both teams and individuals. It's a triathlon with a big twist in the form of a 12-foot wall that you have to get over at the end. To dig more into how this event works and what makes it so fun, Byron Wang sat down for an interview with two Storm the Wall veterans, Daniel Duncombe and J.M. Jammet. Elsewhere, the UBC swimming program received a big boost in the form of a new commit, and two Thunderbird track athletes will be heading down to South America for a tournament of their own. But first, here is Byron's interview with Daniel Duncombe and J.M. Jamet.
1: And hello, everyone. My name is Byron Wang, and you're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9 FM, where we bring you weekly updates on stories about UBC athletics. Today, we're straying away from the standard varsity sports here at UBC and instead we'll be taking a look at the yearly tradition, Storm the Wall. For those unaware, every year since 1978, Storm the Wall has been a popular year-end race course, similar to a triathlon, where as a team of five, one person starts off the relay race by swimming around 200 meters at the UBC Aquatic Center. The next person then sprints up to the main mall. From there, the third person hops on a bike and bikes around the loop of main mall The fourth person then runs back to the plaza where the team of five finishes the race by helping each other over a 12-foot wall. So joined here with me today are actually two former participants of Storm the Wall. We have Daniel Duncombe, a former high school swimmer and volleyball player who's participated in and won multiple Storm the Wall events such as the Ironman category in his second year at UBC in 2015. Alongside him, we also have J.M. Jammet a former national track and field athlete back in high school who's also participated in a team and individually in the Iron Person and Iron Legend categories where he won the Iron Legend race back in 2018. Welcome to the show, guys. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having thanks us. Having us. Yeah, for sure. And to start things off, what got the two of you into Storm the Wall in the first place? For example, did you hear about it before coming to UBC at all? We can probably start with Daniel.
2: Yeah, so I guess my, my sister, she actually was a couple of years above me at UBC. And she always participated because she used to swim alongside me. So I knew when I started at UBC, it was always something I wanted to give a try. Uh, so therefore, I guess the first year I formed a little team. I did it with my, all my first year friends. I really had a great time with it. And that's why I think after that, I was like, okay, maybe next year I'll kind of get into a few more teams, get into the individual races. So yeah, I, I'd always kind of
1: known about Storm the Wall.
2: And it always seemed like a very fun time uh, around campus, especially in March, to be involved uh, in an event of that size.
1: And how about you, J.M.?
3: Yeah, I actually heard about it before I came to UBC. Uh, I went to an info session about UBC in my town. And, um, you know, they casually mentioned how there was this big event, intramural event on campus, and there was a 12-foot wall. And I thought I was like, oh, that's really cool. But then when I came to campus and, you know, storm the wall, like season came around... I really realized how big of an event it was um so obviously i signed up as a team um but then my friend really convinced me who i was swimming with he convinced me he you have to do it individually it's gonna be so much fun and i was really scared about that um but thankfully he managed to convince me and we ran in the same heat and i really got sort
1: of addicted to you know doing the whole race by myself Uh, and that's where it all started oh so J.M. so um because you did mention in an article that you did the Ironman in your first year with the intention to just finish the race. So yeah, um, that's right. So actually doing the race that was what like changed your mindset to eventually want to go from like casual to more try to go for like the top spots. Is that what happened?
3: Yeah, that's pretty much what happened. Um, you know, my only goal was hey, I'm gonna finish the race. If I finish the race, I'm super happy. Um, and um, that's what happened at first. then you know, I realized okay, well, actually, I could try and, and win this because I, I kept advancing. Um, so I was like, oh, I could try and win this. And, uh, and then, you know, I, I met Daniel throughout like school, and we started like, also like being on teams together. Um, he like recruited me as a, as a runner. So uh,
1: from there, we, uh, we went on to, uh, to participate even more. And with Daniel, did you come into Storm the Wall for the first time with the intention to perform well at all?
2: Yeah, I guess when I was dude in second year, like I, I had a few friends who had done it the previous year who'd done fairly well. And I guess just because I came from a pretty hardcore swimming background and I was quite big into biking and, and running, I thought I had a decent shot. Uh, so it was more just like it, it could have put it all together and, and like get over the wall at the end, which is always kind of a challenge because it is a, a little bit taller. And I, I guess I was just a mix of lucky and also had, uh, the, I guess, the background needed in second year to get it done, which was which was quite nice.
1: And from your time in competing in Storm the Wall, you both have participated as a team and as an individual. How would you compare the two experiences? Um, yeah, Daniel, do you want to start this time again?
2: Yeah, I'd say just, uh, I guess, building on JM's point, it's like we, we were kind of, uh, we knew each other throughout university, so it's kind of fun to get involved with, the, I guess, your friends to just do the team race. It's like a lot more chill from the extent that you're not as tired when you're getting to the end. Cause like for me i swim and then i'm like okay i'll see you guys at the wall and then you see jm running in hot and you're like okay perfectly like, <laughs> i'm nicely relaxed you're there with all your friends it's nice weather out for most of the time in march and uh it's really enjoyable whereas i'd say for uh, the individual it, it does feel like a little bit more of a race because it takes like 18 minutes it's a little bit more of a of a grind and you, and it actually feels like you're, you're working with like quite quite a bit harder throughout the whole thing so i guess it's just a shift from when you do it alone it's a little bit more competitive a lot more focused whereas a team it's like until you get to, to i guess the finals it it feels a lot more relaxed a lot more easygoing and it's kind of nice to just spend time with your friends
3: uh yeah i totally agree with that uh with what daniel said um i'd say a team is especially when you get to you know let's actually try and win this it's it's all about like all fine-tuning you know like how do we not lose time at the wall how do we make sure everybody's like ready um and it's it's a lot more you know you know you can count on other people and it's a lot more fun because you're just in charge of my one thing um whether that be your sprint or your bike or your run uh when, when you compete as an individual i've always had more um you know i could feel my heart pump a little bit more um but that's before the race and then during the race i'm just so much i'm just super happy it's just such a fun time um definitely sometimes where I ask myself, like, why am I doing this when I'm doing it like twice in the same day? Um, I kind of ask myself, like, why am I putting myself through this? But uh, as soon as you get over the wall, you know, you just have this, this feeling of, wow, that was, that was awesome. Let's go again. Um, a little, little cloud.
1: Mm-hmm. And Storm the Wall consists of a swimming portion, a sprint, a biking portion, a longer run, and of course, the infamous wall. What was your training schedule like that allowed you to exceed in all of these aspects? JM, would you want to start for this one?
3: Uh, Yeah, I'll start. So actually, I have a very different background than Daniel. Um, I am not a swimmer. And my first year, the swim was like super scary for me. And I remember clearly I went to the pool and I swam my first 25 meter, you know, length. And I swear I stopped on the other side and I was like, I cannot do this like nine times. I just cannot do this. I was exhausted after swimming 25 meters. Um, but you know, I started going like more frequently Uh, every year when storm the wall season comes around, I tend to start going to the pool more often, a couple, like a month or a couple of months before, um, just to really get into the groove of things. Um, and in terms of like running and, you know, biking, that's just something that I do on the, on the on the side. I've always been a runner. I've always gone for like longer runs. Um, and I play a lot of team sports, which really helps with cardio. Um, but, you know, when we come to a few weeks really close to the race, that's where you start like really thinking of specific things like, okay, I'm only going to do swimming, biking, and running like for a couple of weeks. And um, I've also done some uh, sort of like dry runs where you start, we try to emulate, you know, going from a swim to a run. To then biking, to then another run, which hits the legs pretty hard when you hop off the bike, and uh, that you you want to practice that. Um, uh, it's because it it's kind of like a a triathlon, right? Like, but obviously, a smaller distances. Um. So yeah, that's that's kind of my training schedule. Um, you know, starts to chill, and then um, over the years, it it became very, as I said, like fine tuned, uh, trying to be as efficient as we can.
1: Right? Is it? I'm just curious. Is there like for the actual race, if you do it individually, do you have to go straight from the pool, like, back out to your run? Like, is there, like, an exit, like, in the pool? Like, you don't have – obviously, you don't have time to change or anything. Like, is that like-
2: – Yeah. Yeah, like, it's it's super fast. Like, I guess, personally, for me, I would just put on shoes and mm-hmm. then just do the rest of the thing in my shoes and my swimsuit just because I didn't want to, like, any any slow down time in between the transitions. And it's, it's it's kind of weird because it is a triathlon. It's ATMS, but it's pretty much just like a succession of like small sprints put together. So it's like all, all the time kind of counts and adds up. So it's, it kind of gets your adrenaline going quite a bit when you're in all these like uh, transitions. But yeah, it is everything just straight away. There's like a little 10 minute walk out of the pool and then it's like a, pretty much you're, you're sprinting away.
1: Mm, okay, that makes sense. And Daniel, how did you start training for this event?
2: So, I guess uh, similar to JM, it's like I, I kind of swim uh, normally casually throughout the year. I do some bike rides, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of running just because I enjoy swimming more. But yeah, leading up to the race, you kind of were like, man, like, am I actually in like shape for this? I should probably. <laughs> Do like a little bit of training to make sure I'm not gonna just be tired and like hurting it, hurting it and in pain for the whole race. So it's like you start doing some runs, you get your bikes a little bit up, you try to build a little bit more speed, and then you hope for the best when you get into the first race. But I'll say uh even when you're doing the race, because you have to do it a few times, you you can even tell that you're you're getting in better shape just by uh just by doing the race and different uh events, time in and time out. So that's kind of how
1: I prepared for it perfect and just wondering what your opinions personal opinions are on this what portion of storm the wall is the most important in your opinion uh we can start with daniel for this one ah man i
2: like for me i i guess it still has to be the wall like <laughs> if you can't get over that thing it's kind of like it erases the the rest of everything you've done like in my third year i guess i was first to the wall in Man, but it was like like J M was there with me that year. And it was it was pouring rain, and I just remember I couldn't get over it. So I kind of changed my technique up in fourth year and got over when it was sunny. But yeah, it's kind of like even in teams, it's like you see teams fall at the wall. You see people like unable to grab the the person's hand at the wall. So it's like everything else kind of sets up the wall. But if
1: you kind of mess up there, that's kind of where the race is won and lost. Mm-hmm. And in the individual category, it's required that you. Scale the 12-foot wall by yourself is that correct
2: uh, so what Jm did actually the one year when he won the big one it's super Ironman is by yourself no hand for Iron Man it's you do the whole event and but you have one person's hands kind of like down the wall that you can reach and grab and hold on to to pull you up which oh. is still quite high but uh, not as not as impressive as what uh, Jm did uh, I guess a few years ago to <laughs>
1: I'm just, how would you even train to scale like the 12 foot wall? Like what, is, what would that consist of?
3: Um, yeah, so I just wanted to add uh, on, on Daniel's comments about like different types of uh, like, w- like wall categories. There's actually, now there's three of them. Um, you know, for anyone, you can have someone at the bottom, you can have someone at the top, or you can do it by yourself. Um, so for that one, uh, if, that, if that's a question, I'm assuming is uh, how do you prepare for that? Honestly, my first year, when I started doing it and it was with someone on the top, I was struggling so much and I found like my tallest friend, like a guy who is six, seven, you know, um, and whose arm was like longer than my leg, uh, but still it was like, a, it was hard for me to get it. Um, but then you really start sort of like, there's a lot of technique to it. Um, and it's not necessarily, you know, like muscle or whatever. I wasn't changing anything. Um, but it's a lot about, it's a lot to do about your technique, about how, you know, you jump. To the wall how you jump on the like on the wall with a foot um and you try to like use your like, other hand um but then when you started like thinking about the whole wall actually i ended up changing my technique because that was only getting me so far it was you know left foot uh jumping right foot hitting the wall left left hand um you know pushing me up but i wasn't getting up there and then i started thinking like what if i get to you know hit the wall with like really quick, both feet at the same time, like both feet, one after the other. Um, And I started practicing that. And then um, I actually never got it uh, down until race day. Um, (laughs) I got to the wall and uh, I got to the wall. Someone was already there and and uh, I had a one attempt, miserable attempt, um, second attempt, a bit better. Um, and then third attempt, you know, just all the stars aligned and, and I made it. Um, and I, when I reviewed the footage, actually Dan was there, he, like he took a video of, of me. Um, I actually met, saw that I, I got that technique, right. And it's honestly, it's, I want to say it's nine percent technique and then 10% like physical. So to anyone who would like to prepare for that, I would say I've seen people just like t- doing, trying to scale like a, you know, an average wall. And I would say that's not a bad idea at all. Um, just have to be careful because <laughs> uh, you don't have that mulch. Um, but other than that, it's it's pretty much its technique. So really utilize like all the days at the wall that you have.
1: Right, that's definitely fair. And coming back to the um, original question, JM, do you also think that the wall is the most important part or is there like a more um, important part of the storm of the wall in your opinion?
3: Yeah, it's uh, a good question, honestly, because um, I've definitely seen... Or one, like I've seen people win and lose at the wall, um, you know, like that Dan said, like that one time where it was raining, even though he got there first, at one point, it was all of us there. We just all got st- like just like stopped by the rain. Um, so it was just whoever can get it up there first. Um, and I've seen other people also. Well, you know you can't get out the wall and then like whatever third person like comes in and they just get it first try um that was me a lot of the time because the wall was my strong strong suit uh but swimming wasn't um and i would say uh you know the the wall is definitely like the the most important part um in team events though i would say that if you if you kind of know that you can get over over the wall fast and well um the longest parts are the Oh, sorry, the, no, the toughest part or longest part, because that's where you can really try and like beat other people. So the bike is often an underestimated aspect because
1: it's quite long. And if you have a good biker, it makes a massive, massive difference. And it was mentioned earlier that both of you have won Storm the Wall events in the past. So since Storm the Wall is such a huge event here at UBC, how did it feel to come out on top in front of out of so many people? Was it surprising to you guys at all? We can start with Daniel for this one.
2: Yeah, I guess uh, the first time I won it by myself in 2015, it was just like, I guess, like, you don't expect it to be that big, but the, especially on a warm day, like, the crowd's quite big and you're just like pretty happy to be on top. And you're like, wow, like, <laughs> I, actually, I actually kind of won this thing. This is quite cool. And then um, I won it again, I guess, a couple years later by myself. And it was kind of the same feeling. It's just like, wow, like, uh, I didn't expect it to be like, this is kind of cool. But it, it once again, it was quite cool. So I can't really uh, knock the experience as well. Like, especially in nice sunny days, it brings a nice crowd. Like, it's good vibes. So a lot of your friends are there to kind of, I guess, watch, which is always fun. Like, uh, my sister was there in 2015. And we had, like, a nice photo together then, which is always nice to have that sibling connect. And then when you're with the team, obviously it's it's great too when you win because you're on just cheering randomly at the back, and you're just like everyone's kind of tired together. And then you, uh yeah, you celebrate, you go have some drinks together, and have a have a good night. So yeah, it's always been uh, just a great event to bring I guess the community together at UBC, and I think that's kind of what's always made it special. At the end of the day, is just the people who are kind of uh, there to support you, and those are and the rest of your teammates who are also there to I guess share in the 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 fun aspect of uh, racing the finals and if you're lucky enough to win with the winning aspect too
1: and how about you uh jam were you surprised at all how did that feel oh i was so surprised um i
3: think i had a bit of different uh, emotions compared to dan because um he tends to be a more confident guy than i am when it comes to sports <laughs> um i'm more of a okay well let me get it first um you know and I came third in my first year. I came second in my second year. And when third year rolled around, I was like, well, you know, I, I guess this is, like, the year. Um, but then, and I prepped really hard. But then a week and a, a, and a half out of the race, um, I actually hurt myself. And uh, I actually didn't enter my team. Um, oh, sorry. I didn't enter my, yeah, I told my team, like, I was going to have a really hard time, like, running. Like, just put me on the small sprinter section. Um, also, I didn't enter my one of my individual races. So I just put it all in like uh, you know the legend category, um, and when it came to like the actual race, I also like fell on my bike, um, so that also delayed me a little bit. So it's kind of like everything happened that you know in a weird way, um, and then when I got to the wall, as I said, I had a miserable first attempt. I'm sure many of the people in the crowd were like, "Why is this guy here?" Um, And to me, it was really like a surprise, like when I got it, because, you know, like deep down, I guess I thought I could, but it was sort of clouded by all these, dude, this is so high, there's no chance. Um, And when I got it, I actually don't really remember, like I actually kind of, it's kind of like out of my memory. It's sort of a little black hole. Um, I've seen the videos like that Daniel took where I'm just like cheering and really happy and like very emotional um, but I barely remember any of that to be perfectly honest. Um, what I do remember, though, is kind of after a couple of minutes after celebrating and getting uh, the trophy. Um, uh, Santa like uh, came to like take a photo of me and I saw that photo. I have the weirdest smile I've ever seen. Um, it's like 90 percent happy and 10 percent like surprise. It's just, it just it was a great time. Uh, but a little bit different than Daniel because I was just so overwhelmed with all my emotions.
1: Right. And another question for JM, you mentioned in an article that in your first year, the rain was an issue and you you had to use sweatpants to get over the wall. Is that correct? Do you mind telling us what that was about? (laughs) Yeah, totally. Um, It it was actually the
3: same year that uh, Dan and I uh, got stuck at the wall. Um, You know, I, I didn't have any like towels prepared or what or things like because I just didn't think of it and um, I asked my wall guy I'm like hey like like after a couple of minutes I was just like hey um, you know my bag like with my you know my, my clothes for after the race like just just give me that just give me that um, and I just used my like sweatpants I was going to use after the race cause it was quite cold actually it was way- raining cold and I just used that and I, tr- and I started like cleaning the wall uh, with my pants um, but I mean it it worked <laughs> it kind of worked um but then in the future years and st- when it was raining i i was more prepared and i had like a, a little towel to like um to just to like you know dry off like one you just the one part of the wall where you need to put your foot on um because otherwise you just slam into it
1: uh, if you don't do that right going hardcore like even in your first year it's actually crazy <laughs> yeah and now a question for daniel uh you mentioned in an article that in your fourth year, you were partying at your solder grad night the night um, before yeah. your race and still got first place. Just curious, but what was going through your mind that morning before the race? Uh,
2: I guess just to clarify, I was like, I was at my solder grad night and then uh, it's like the next day it was like the first round and I was like, oh, like it should be fine. Like to try to do it a little bit later time slot, but it's still kind of in the early morning. And I still remember it's like um, you know, like you just kind' of have to kind of get through the race and it should be fine if you have kind of enough speed in the first few rounds. So I was like, okay, it should be too too bad. But I still remember on the run, I was like, man, like I feel, like not that great right now my stomach like <laughs> like the swim i've always been fine it's so smooth at least the bike you're not really like moving too much but when, uh, the run i was like bobbing i was like oh man like i really need to <laughs> just get to the wall get over this thing and then just like just call it a day and go go take a nap after this because yeah it was, it was fun it was a good night uh, morning combo but it, it wasn't uh, i guess ideal for uh, racing conditions to be i guess i guess mildly hung over the next day
1: yeah, I mean, you you won either way, so it, it, like, it ended up working out. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I found that pretty funny when I was reading about that. <laughs> and just a more uh, fun question. Has there been a specific moment in your years of competing that stood out to you at all? It could be something memorable, funny, like really anything. Uh, JM, do you want to start with this one?
3: Oh, wow. It's a really good question. Um, I think uh, one of the moments, I, I mean... I, uh, it, as an individual, like me falling on the bike would always be funny because after I fell, basically, my uh, bike handle was uh, like, it wasn't straight anymore. Um, <laughs> so I basically, to be able to go straight, my wheel wasn't straight e- either. So to be able to go straight, my right arm was like, like at least like 30 centimeters, like further out and my left arm, I had to like bend my left arm closer to my body. Um, so it was pretty funny um, to me at least. Um, thank God I only had two more laps to go uh when that happened. Um as a team though, I think um it's always funny when um <laughs> you know when I warn my friends about the swim um and they don't believe me. And uh <laughs> and then they come to me later on and they're like, Oh my god, you were so right. This was so tough. I'm never doing this ever again. Um because I know I know the feeling. I'm not like Dan. I'm not a swimmer. I definitely, definitely know that feeling of you know, going to a swim and thinking it's really short, and then halfway through you realize that swimming is hard and swimming is hard when you don't practice. Um so yeah, um other than that, you know, the best moments are always on at the wall, like on the mulch, um, you know, before and after, like when you
1: celebrate with, with everyone. Um, those are the those are the best moments for me solid and how about you Daniel was there anything like memorable that stood out to you
2: yeah I guess just in terms of like funny stuff that happens it's always like the first few races with your team when everyone's like nicely still so out of shape and you're like people are all getting to the wall and everyone's just kind of like keeling over a bit like your biker comes down and they're just like gassed they're like man I haven't ever been, <laughs> been raced in ages I'm like in quite a bit of pain the sprinter is like wow that." 400 meter sprint was a definitely a lot more than it dissipated up the hill. And then the runner, you see them coming in just like wincing, and you're like, oh man, <laughs> here we go, guys. Like, hopefully, our legs like hold up for this wall. But yeah, I would agree with JM. Like, best moments definitely, like, everyone just uh, waiting at the bark mulch for the teams. Like, when everyone's kind of there, like, just, uh, you're kind of talking like where's our runner at the coming Oh, here they come! Here. here they come get ready and then everyone kind of like sets up and then you uh go and get it done but yeah it's, it's always been enjoyable to do with uh with uh, my friends I, I found like the individual ones fun but there's something about the team event where you're all just like messing around everyone's doing like one part of it and you all get to like talk about it after like oh man like these guys were biking super fast or this happened this guy fell it's like just like so much happening on the on the course and yeah i've just really enjoyed my time being able to participate in it from that manner
1: all right and this will be the last question usually we end off these interviews by giving you guys a chance to give advice for listeners who are thinking about competing or looking to improve upon their performance. Do either of you have have like any general tips on how someone could get started if they wanted to compete at the competitive level? Um,
3: Yeah, I I can start with that. Um, But first, before I give like any tips on the competitive side, I just want to say that, um, you know, when I first did Storm Wall, like I did as a JFF, uh, just for fun. And I always had a team just for fun every single year. And, you know, it was sort of like a highlight too, because there was so much fun. Um, you just literally, you're just doing it to relax. And my, I was doing it with friends that, um, you know, they weren't as maybe like, as like in shape or they just, they didn't like, they were a bit scared of doing it. And that was like, you know, encouraging them. And, um, you know, it's, it's an event that I know we've talked a lot about competitive side and individual side, but at the end of the day, it's, you, you can do it. You know, anyone can do it. And if you want to do it individual, you might have to like try a little bit harder um, and practice a little bit more, but finishing the race should be like, it should just be your goal and and you'll be able to do that. So a lot more accessible than what other people think. Um, In terms of competitive tips, I would say, um, if we're talking team, um, I would say don't underestimate like the specialties. Like there are people that are real bikers. There are people who are real swimmers. If you can get those people on your team, that's a great addition. Um, practicing the ball is obviously a key one on the individual side. um, you know, you'll have weaknesses and strength. Like my weakness was the swim. I know I've said that countless times today, but my strength was the run. So I always made up time on the run. Um, and then the biking was sort of like equal around, like across the board. So, uh, you know, I made sure to make, to, I made sure to practice my weakness enough so that it wouldn't hold me back too too much in a way where i could still um you know be competitive um and it was just a matter of like going you know keeping myself in shape going to the gym the the pool um going on runs regularly uh, prior to the race um i know this sounds pretty like boring tips but honestly it's such a cardio heavy event that uh, it, it is what it
1: is all right and then how about you daniel yeah i'd
2: say just to kind of echo some jams points it's like uh... I would just recommend everyone do it, just sign up with the team, like whether you want to do competitive, just or fun, like there's no real downside to doing it. Like you kind of just get four of your friends together and you kind of have a good time. And it's kind of a good story. And like, uh, like, I guess, as you said at the beginning, it's like one of the biggest rec events in North America. Like it's pretty rare to have like kind of a fun event of this magnitude where everyone's kind of getting involved. You see other people in your classes doing it. And it's just like, I would say kind of part of the uh, UBC experience to kind of get involved in it. So just get out there, find a few, <laughs> a few friends and acquaintances, and you guys will all have a good time with it. But yeah, just for, I guess the competitive side of it, it's uh as Jam says, it's just a cardio thing. So if you want to do well, I would say try to get up your speed. Like you got to probably uh, like for me, I always used to build up like three weeks prior, like get my swimming reps up, get my running and biking. So that it's like, okay, I can do all the, the events. Um, like distances plus some, so I should be in decent enough shape to hopefully race this thing and do a decent job. And then just, uh, yeah, it's not, it's not the worst thing. If you want to try practice getting over the wall, go to that uh, practice slot, get some practice in because it's definitely like a unique experience kind of jumping at a wall, unless you kind of come from a parkour background and are kind of used to running up those things. But yeah, I'd say, uh, for a lot of people, the swim is quite important. It can be quite daunting at the beginning to get involved in that and then, Besides that, uh, hopefully you should be good to go and have a good time doing it.
1: All right, sounds good. And that will actually conclude this interview. Once again, thank you so much for your time today. This has been Byron Wang from the CITR Sports Collective, joined with J.M. Jemmet and Daniel Duncombe, former champions of the yearly Storm the Wall event here at UBC. Thank you all for listening and have a great rest of your day.
0: We will now have a quick break for ads and PSAs before we get to the news roundup and the Thunderbirds alum of the week.
1: Without
2: the help and support of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great
3: music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theater, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there.
2: For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theater, visit their website at www.riotheater.ca.
3: Do you like laughing, hilarity, radical thought-provoking creativity, and laughing? UBC Improv is UBC's home for improvisational comedy Theater made up on the spot Like us on Facebook to learn when our next shows are Search for us on YouTube for our film sketches And follow us on Twitter because we want the followers UBC Improv Insert cheesy slogan here
1: Let's get it on Sugar
0: Welcome back. You're listening to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Now it's time for this week's news roundup. And the biggest piece of news this past week was the commitment of Kayla Sanchez to UBC, who will begin her career with the UBC swim program next January. The 20-year-old Scarborough, Ontario native is one of the top talents in Canadian swimming, currently holding three national short course records in the 50-meter freestyle, 100-meter freestyle, and the 100-meter medley. She also holds the world junior record in the 50-meter freestyle with a time she set back in 2018. She has participated in the International Swimming League in the last two years, has won medals at the 2017 World Junior Championships, the 2018 Commonwealth Games, and the 2019 FINA World Swimming Championships, and at that last tournament she was also a part of the teams that broke the Canadian records in the 4 x 100 meter and 4 x 200 meter relay events. Currently, Sanchez is focusing on preparing for next month's Olympic trials with the goal of representing Canada in Tokyo. Afterwards, she will again compete in the upcoming International Swimming League season before coming to the West Coast to begin her studies at UBC. Another event next month is the Pan-American Race Walking Cup, which will be held in Ecuador on May 8th and 9th. Two Thunderbird athletes have been named to Team Canada. First is Alger Liang, who is competing in the event for the third time, and the second is U-20 standout Tyler Wilson, who was representing Canada for the first time. As well, UBC coach Jerry Dragomir will travel with the two of them to Ecuador and coach them there. Good luck to all three of them. That will conclude our news roundup for this week now i will hand it off to Corey for our thunderbirds alum of the week thank
4: you jake happy last day of classes everyone and happy tamil new year if you're celebrating it is alum of the week time here at citr sports for those unfamiliar each week we profile an athlete from our school's past that succeeded inside and outside of their sport we consult the annals in their entirety, meaning you'll hear about sports people that graduated just last year, all the way back to those that were around during UBC's infancy. This week, owing to the conclusion of the Masters only a few days back, and my own golfing fanaticism, will be featuring a hero on the links here at UBC, Gail Hitchens-Borthwick. Hitchens arrived at UBC in 1962 as an 18-year-old with significant golfing pedigree. She had won three of the last four BC Junior Championships, plus a national junior title in 1961, and she was defending champion of both the BC and Canadian Amateur Championships. Each of those victories on a national stage were the first for women's golfers from British Columbia. She was understandably welcomed to the UBC program with open arms, where she made an immediate impact. Her time at UBC was highlighted by three individual victories at the Western Canadian Women's Intercollegiate Golf Championship in 1962, 65, and 66, with UBC winning the latter two team competitions as well. Hitchens and teammate Marilyn Palmer represented UBC at the 1966 NCAA Division I Championship event in Columbus, Ohio as a culmination of their university careers. Hitchens notched a second BC amateur title in 1963 and continued to dominate nationally and internationally while at UBC and beyond. She played on three Commonwealth teams from 1963 to 1971 and represented Canada at the World Amateur Championships in 66, 68 and 72. Representing BC and later Ontario at Canadian team championships, she was a fixture at events from the 60s through to the 90s at which point she experienced a career renaissance. In 1992, she won the first of two consecutive Canadian Mid-Amateur Championships, which landed her a spot on the national amateur team for the first time in 20 years. Turning 50 in 1994, Hitchens began a tear on the senior circuit, finishing in first or second place in the Canadian Senior Amateur Championship every year until 2000. 2000. Along the way, she captained a couple national amateur teams and won two American Senior Amateur Championships in 1996 and 98. To this day, she is the only golfer in either men's or women's competition to win Canadian Junior, Amateur, Mid-Amateur, and Senior Amateur Championships. In 2006, Hitchens finished as runner-up one final time in the Canadian Senior Amateur, a remarkable achievement for someone in their 60s. Living in Ontario, she continues to support golfing administration and fundraising initiatives to this day, having served twice as president of the Ada McKenzie Foundation, supporting championship-level high school and college wheelchair athletes. She is a member of the Canada, British Columbia, Ontario, and Saskatchewan Golf Halls of Fame. Throughout her time as a player at UBC and elsewhere, she was known for her unyielding dedication passion for the sport, and a personality that endeared her to everyone she met. That's all from me on this golf legend. Back to you,
0: Jake McGrail. And with that, thank you for tuning in to Thunderbird Eye on CITR 101.9. Besides listening to the show, the best way to keep up to date with UBC Thunderbirds news is to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at CITR Sports. Thank you again to Daniel Duncombe and J.M. Jammet. For coming on the show. For Thunderbird Eye, this has been Jake McGrail, Byron Wang, and Corey Branson. Thank you for tuning in and have a great rest of your day.